Why does lying hurt so bad? In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of getting to the truth, expressing the truth, and being honest with yourself. Let's go get that nugget. Welcome, ladies, to the Life Mastery for Women podcast. I'm Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind, your host. This is where we go to learn to master our life one nugget at a time. Hey, ladies, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to today's episode where I hope I am finding you being totally and completely honest with yourself. If you're not being honest with yourself, then it is my intention that in today's episode, I give you just one nugget of inspiration towards your transformation. So we're going to talk about honesty and and why lying to ourselves is so hurtful. And getting to the truth and becoming honest is really an inner journey. But that inner journey is an, an empowering, amazing journey of growth in that first the first instant of being honest with yourself. And sometimes that's really hard for us to do. But why is lying, being lied to, such a big deal? I think for me, when I'm when I'm lied to, it like it goes against everything about me. My the basis of which I stand and live my life is about trust and honesty. And I want the person, whoever the people are, my kids, my family, uh, Amy, anybody, I want to believe what they're saying. When we believe in the things that they're saying, it gives us a sense of confidence. It gives us a sense of truth, like this value. But also, if it's not true, then there's this sense of betrayal. Like, I'm not worthy to hear the truth. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm My value is being discredited. I feel insecure, lack of confidence, lower self-esteem. When somebody doesn't value me enough to tell me the truth. But it also is something that goes with them that they don't value themselves enough to tell you the truth. So if you're raising teenagers, you're pretty much lied to every word that comes out of their mouth. <laughs> when they're in that state, uh, in that stage of in that developmental stage of being a teenager, they're finding their independence. And within that independence, they have to be independent from you. And that also means independent from your judgment. So if you are judging your teen because you're a parent and you're directing them on the path, which happens, it's kind of a natural progression of parent-teenager relationship, but you can almost always bet that what they are telling you is a little bit of a fabrication because they're protecting themselves from that judgment. So we as parents have to kind of have that tough skin to just really truly understand when is it okay for them to lie, when is it not. But that's not what this episode is about. That's just a little glimpse into the life of a parent with teenage kids to understand fully the real lies versus the ones that really affect us. Now, I have to tell you this story. We have three boys and our middle son has autism. His name is Brandon. He's 18 years old. And he really, just to describe him quickly, I would say he's kind of around like a six, eight-year-old in his in his concepts, his interests, the way he talks. Um, so just think, just picture that, okay? But he's 18. He's like six foot two and he's just a skinny little lad, right? And, but he's, anyway, so, but just kind of just to give you an image of him. So they have chores that they do after, um, 
after dinner. And uh, I've mentioned this a couple different times, and I'm not going to go into it a bunch, but we have what's called a, a ticket economy in our household. So basically, after school, they get some downtime. Of course, we're not running it like a military camp, but after dinner, there's chores to do. And for those chores, they earn tickets. Those tickets then get to be spent throughout the household. They get spent on, on important items like their little tube of toothpaste and shampoo and conditioner and body wash and stuff like that. So when they run out, so it kind of teaches them to to use the right amount of items, but they also get to use it for tablet time. Now, of course, Cameron has graduated out of this system and Brandon has not. So this is teaching a little bit of money management and there's a you know a, this little pocket board that hangs in the hallway where we put their tickets in and they give us tickets and we give them change and they, you know, they spend it on things and and for the most part Brandon loves his tablet. And so after chores, he's very motivated to do his chores and get done quickly so he can have his tablet time and he can buy his tablet time. So he goes and I said, uh, one of the chores is for him to dust. Now, Brandon has a lot of shelves, bookshelves in his room to dust, and he's pretty slow moving. He's very detail oriented. If there's a speck of dust in his room and he's got the duster, it will get touched by that duster. You can trust that. So, But he's very slow in in his processing and how he moves and how he does things. In the house of speed, it's very challenging for all of us. But So he goes in his room and he's dusting. And I would say about four minutes later, he comes out. And I said, did you dust your room? Or he comes out and he goes, done. And I said, you dusted the whole room? And he goes, yep. And I said, so you took all of the books off your bookshelf and all of the cars off your shelf and you dusted all of the surfaces? I sure did. And I'm like, I bet you didn't. And he goes, yes, I did. Anyway, so I go in his room and sure enough, he did not dust. He didn't take the books off the shelf. I mean, in four minutes, he'd literally dusted around everything. And so I'm feeling the, you know, I'm running my hand along the shelf and and um, there's all this dust. I said, what's that? And he goes, that's dust. And I said, right. I said, so did you take these, you know, items off the shelf? And he goes, not yet. Normally, this job takes him about 20 minutes. And so... Anyway, but he was in a hurry, right? So we're, I was talking to him about lying and it was really funny because he was, he didn't understand. He, he, it's like he's starting to try to play with what's true and what's not true and all because he wanted to get this thing done. So he's very motivated externally. He's very motivated by tickets because those tickets equal tablets. So this morning, another funny story. This was literally the next day because that was last night. So this morning, I'm getting him ready for school. Or get, I get up with him and, and everybody else is gone. Amy and Cameron are both gone. And so Brandon's um, standing in the hallway looking at his ticket board. And I said, listen, I'm going to give you another chance to or some other chances to earn tickets. And I said, if you can be out of the bathroom by 720, then you'll get 10 more tickets. And he's like, okay, you know, and so he, he, he peels out, he loves Pixar cars. So he's always peeling out. So he peels out in the hallway and runs into the bathroom. And I would say normally on a normal day without any motivation, without any prompting, without any tickets dangling in his face, he takes about 13 minutes in the bathroom. And that is literally peeing, brushing his teeth, brushing his hair and putting on deodorant. And that's it. At about 13 minutes. So I have no idea what else he's doing in there. So anyway, so not kidding. Seven minutes later, he comes out of the bathroom and we're standing in the hallway and he said, I'm all done. Now it's dark. I'm in, actually, I'm in the bedroom. He's in the hallway. It's dark. There's no lights on. He's standing, but I can see his silhouette in the doorway. All done. And I said, so you brush your teeth? Yep. 
I said, you brushed your, or you put deodorant on? Yep. I said, and did you brush your hair? Yep. And I said, turn the light on. <laughs> turn the light on and let me see you. He turns the light on and you guys, his, this is the only word, the, the sound effect that I can do for his hair. And it was like, <laughs> and it was just, and he's got pretty short hair, but it was just like, I'm like, you didn't actually brush your hair, did you? And he goes, not yet. <laughs> anyway, but now he's like kind of exploring this you know, which is this natural progression, even with a kid like Brandon, to be exploring what's true and what's not true because there was a ticket, you know, this ticket, this motivation dangling in front of him. He's like, I'm just basically going to tell her that I brush my hair. And I don't think it's a lot of thinking about it, just like with, with other kids. And even when we were teenagers, there was not a lot of planning about it. It was just get through things and be done. And then when they ask, you say yes. Anyway, so that was really funny. But you know, thinking thinking about lying when you're really truly not telling someone the truth, there is there is this discreditation, but there's also this sense of betrayal. Now, I don't want to get into a bunch of conversation about, you know, other people lying to you and you lying to them. What I really want to talk about is the importance of you lying to you. Now, time, there's a there's this really this really good uh, quote about time and integrity and the truth. And it goes, I don't remember who said it, but um, it said, people of integrity expect to be believed. And when they're not, they let time prove them right. And that is such a powerful quote to me. I heard it a long, long time ago. And it really stuck with me, especially lately, you know, as running my business and um, working on some health stuff for myself right now. And I know when I'm putting in the effort, in my life. And I know that when I have conversations with other people, if I'm being completely honest with myself when I'm describing my life. And most of the time, there's a fabrication, there's a exaggeration in the things that I'm saying I'm doing. And what ends up happening inside, and I can feel this when it happens, is there's like this lowering of my internal status, that I know that what I'm saying is not fully the truth. And when I when I say it, I can feel this something. Like I feel this energy shift in my body. And I'm very aware of it. So then I stand back and I, you know, after the conversation is over and I'm like left with myself, right? You're born alone. You you live within your body alone. It's just you in there and you die alone. And I don't know about you, but I really want my self-esteem to stay intact as much as possible. And as I've been exploring this honesty um, category in my life is where am I not being fully honest? And I know that when I get around other entrepreneurs, I might kind of exaggerate some things a little bit. And, you know, when I'm talking with Amy about my exercise and the workout, I might exaggerate what I'm doing a little bit. But then I can feel this sense inside. And it really opens my eyes to how important honesty is to ourselves when we're talking about ourselves. When I'm moving business along and I'm doing these things, I like to have this outside validation. I like to have, you know, compliments and Amy's like, oh my gosh, you're working so hard. And I really, it really feels good to me. But then somewhere inside, no matter what she says, if it's true, then it feels really good. If it's been fabricated a little bit or exaggerated a little bit, then it doesn't feel that good. So then my self-esteem goes down a couple of notches. So 
just in that alone makes me feel really aware of the words I'm using and the work that I'm putting in to my business, my life, my health, my spirituality, whatever I'm working on. And so the problem is there's enough people going on, going, uh, living in the world right now with low self-esteem and insecure and lack of confidence. And then we look to all the wrong places to fulfill that. And what I want to begin doing and, and share with you is how we can start living a more honest life. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to do that. It takes a lot from us to do it. However, what the results are is so amazing. So when we can begin to use different words when we talk, when we can begin our inner journey and start to become aware of how we feel when we say certain things about ourselves. Like I remember when I was younger, I was always seeking validation from my, especially from my mom and my teachers, mostly my mom. And I would say something, I would say it all the time, even though I didn't believe this, I would say, man, I am so stupid. And I would keep repeating it until she would validate that I'm not. So I would say it and maybe she didn't hear it. Maybe she did. She's ignoring it. I would say it again. I would say it again until she'd be like, Jennifer, you are not stupid. You are a very smart young lady. Now, in the sense of me saying I'm stupid, I'm doing it literally to get attention from her, to get validation, to get, to get her to say something that I could believe in. But because I was saying that I'm stupid, I learned to believe it. Because check this out. The words that I say to myself... There's no hidden agenda. So when I give myself a compliment, I'm not going to get anything out of it. Like I'm not, if I give somebody else a compliment, I'm like, oh, they're going to give me something in return. Or if I say something to somebody, like I'm so stupid, they're going to give me a compliment in return. So I'm getting something out of it. When I'm honest with myself, I'm, there's no hidden agenda. But I will tell you this, what you do get out of it is an increased self-confidence, an improved confident level, more secure in your own skin, more secure in your own skin. Now, I'm not talking about an egoic way to express like, I'm the best and I'm the smartest. I don't mean that. I just mean things about you that you can begin to compliment. That's a first step is to compliment yourself on the things that you truly like about yourself. And Here's the, here's the part B to that. If there are things that you don't like about yourself, let's change it. Everything about you can be changed. Now, now I guess that's not always true. You can change your, you can, you know, if, you, if you're not healthy and you need to lose some weight, you can change that. But if you have curly black hair and you hate curly black hair, my thought is as you improve and you start looking at things that you do like, instead of shaving your head or straightening your hair, coloring your hair, which of course you can do, you can't change the color of your eyes, but all those things about you that you can't change, you can't change that you're four foot 10, you can't change that you're six foot three, but compliment the things that you can affect, you can change, compliment the things that you do like, and then as your self-esteem improves, those other things about you will fall into place and you'll like them too. So meaning, let's say you're six foot two, you've always hated being extra tall, and so you hate that about yourself and you express that often. 
But if you like your hair, you like your nose, maybe you like the way you do something, you like how smart you are, you like how funny you are, you like, I don't know, the clothes you wear, right? Compliment yourself honestly on those things. And then eventually the you being tall will just become part of you and you'll learn to love that too. That is one of the things I used to complain about my hair. I hated my hair. I was redhead. I'm still a redhead, of course, but... But I had pretty, pretty bright red hair when I was younger and kids would make fun of me about it. There was one boy in my class that would call me the redheaded woodpecker. There were other kids that just, you know, called me red, called me redhead, you know, and, and uh, you got to be angry. And, you know, I mean, they just made fun of me. And of course, these things seem ridiculous now. But um, any anytime a kid makes fun of you about your looks, you tend to not like it. Because if I didn't like it, if I didn't have that, then these kids wouldn't make fun of me and then I wouldn't feel bad. Anyway, okay. So beginning with some compliments. This is all part of self-love and taking care of yourself and the, and the person that you are, the physical being that you are and the body that you're in. The next is beginning to love yourself enough to be honest with yourself. Am I really doing all that I can to do to create or to get towards this goal? Um, I talk about goals. You can look up any any that are right around December or January of the podcast. I talk about goals and new uh, New Year's Eves and, and goals and goal setting and stuff like that. So I'm not going to get into it here. But is if you're not taking action on the goal is to ask yourself, do you really want the goal? And you might really want the goal, but maybe you don't want the, to do the steps that it's going to take to get to the goal. Then are there other steps? Those are the two big pieces for goal setting. I know I'm a little bit all over the place today, but but is... If this thing, I want to be completely honest with myself, and if I'm moving towards something that I really want to be a part of, I'm really wanting to, to get, I'm really want to achieve, do I really want the goal? If the answer is yes, then do, do I know the steps? Do I want to take the steps? Are, what are the steps to getting there? Do I want to take those steps? And if the answer is no, then what other steps might there be to get the goal? Okay. Being honest in that moving when you're, when you're trying to achieve a goal, am I working the best? Am I productive? Am I doing the work? Am I motivated? Why am I not motivated? All of these things are ways to uncover the truth about what it is that you're doing and the truth about you. The next is self-reflection. How was my day? Looking at the end of the day, how was my day today? Was I productive? Did I get things done? Like I tend to not know the strategies like in my business, I want my business to be this, I have this big vision thinking, and so I want my business to be this certain way, but I don't always know the strategies and the steps to getting there. So I wake up in a day and I just kind of fumble around and I might record, or I might do this, or I might create that, or write this, or do, create this video, or whatever, or make this post. But then I stand back and I go, okay, are those real steps to getting there? Or am I just kind of willy-nilly all over the place? If I'm willy-nilly all over the place, by the end of the year, I'm going to be in the same place. I'm not going to be in any new place after that because I'm like it's to me this is like I have a car in the driveway I have some rollerblades and I have a bike so I get on the bike and I ride to the neighbor's house and I leave the bike there and I come back and I get on the rollerblades and I go over there and I leave the rollerblades and I come back and get the car and I drive the car over here I'm not going anywhere I'm not really at the end of the year of just this weird willy-nilly thing I'm not really getting anywhere so this is where time is going to be either your friend or your enemy. At the end of the year, have you made progress? And my suggestion is don't wait a year. 
At the end of two weeks, did you make progress? At the end of two weeks, did you lose weight? At the end of two weeks, did you create more, uh, an, another way to make money? At the end of two weeks, did you deepen that relationship? At the end of two weeks, are you better at the thing that you're trying to do? And if the answer is no, right there, you course correct. Am I really putting in the effort? Am I really doing the thing that I enjoy? Am I really doing the work that is going to get me the goal? It takes a lot, a lot of self-reflection, to be honest. But if you work in that way in those short bursts like that, at the end of the year, how much progress and how much transformation do you think you'll have? If it's about saving money, if it's about losing weight, you'll be able to tell because physically you'll see it. My bank account will be fatter and my body will be thinner. But if that's not the case, then things have to change. The next is to let yourself desire. Let yourself dream about the things that you want to dream about. Let your body tell you what it is that you want. I want to travel more. Okay, well, what do we got to do to travel more? What, you know, well, we need money. We need ideas. I want a better body. I want a deeper spiritual connection. I want a better relationship with my spouse or my kids or my family. Let yourself dream. Don't stop yourself in the middle of the dream with a whole bunch of buts. But they this and this or but it's really hard or but I don't have time. You can clear those beliefs. It doesn't take long to lose weight and to really get into a workout. You just need to be focused. You need to give attention to it. It does not take long to improve relationships with the people in your life where there's, where there's some difficulties. It doesn't take long to, to gain some spiritual understanding and build a, a really powerful practice. But it does take focus and concentration. The next is taking inspired action. I love it when spirit just kind of like moves me. It's like these, all of a sudden I have wings on my shoes and I'm like finding myself at the store and it was a perfect gift and I'm, there was a sale and, or I met somebody that I haven't seen in a long time. I love it when that happens. I'm in the middle of recording and next thing I know, I'm, I'm putting my jeans on and shoes on and starting the car and going out the door and I'm like, where am I going? And I have a plan. Like there's a plan. I'm just going, right? And then something really cool happens. And sometimes nothing happens. Like nothing cool happens, but it was a nice break. And I come home and I have a, um, I have a, an inspired podcast episode title that I'm going to work on, or I have a new idea for something that I want to you know, bring to the market. And all of that's fun, but maybe I just needed that break, right? So I think that it's really important to stand back and to really ask yourself, am I being completely honest in my life? Looking at your problems, looking at your relationships, your money, your career. Am I really, really being honest? And in the depths of your soul, it doesn't matter to me if you're being honest or not, but it should matter to you. You're going to have a much more confident self-esteem and feel more secure in your own body in this human existence if you're honest with yourself than if you're not. And even if you're if, like, if you're in a bad relationship, you're like, why am I still here? Why am I really here? And you say, well, you know, it's expensive to live on your own. You know, I know apartments and houses and whatever, it's really expensive right now. But what's the real reason? Like really get to the bottom of it. And if you have to ask yourself five different times or seven different times, why keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper to uncover the truth, the bottom line and what you're actually doing 
is you're deepening your relationship with you. That means with a deep, confident, self-esteem relationship with yourself, you're leveling up. And as you level up, not only are more opportunities available to you, but your relationships get deeper and your health gets better. There's all kinds of benefits to it. And I think that it's, that it's really important to just begin asking yourself those questions. Why am I, do I really love my job? And if I do, well, you'll feel it. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to answer me. Ask yourself that. Do I really love this relationship? Do I really love where I'm living and what I'm doing? Do I really love this business? Do I really love this job? Do I really love the body that I'm in? And if not, then what are you going to do about it? How can you make some significant changes? Being honest is the beginning to that self-love space in you. Because just like another relationship, if we're being honest and, tr- and truthful with each other, we can deepen our connection. That's the same with you. So begin today being honest with yourself, beginning with that self-reflection and asking yourself those questions. I think you'll find that your transformation is literally right around the corner. Hey, thanks for listening. Your support means the world to me, and I'm truly grateful to have you on this journey of personal growth and exploration. If you've ever felt motivated or uplifted or gained valuable insight from my podcast, you now have an opportunity to show your appreciation. If you'd like to buy me a coffee or a chai tea as a token of support, you can do so through the link in the podcast show notes. Remember, your support goes beyond just a chai tea. It fuels my passion and drive to continue growing with you making the world a better place, and elevating all of humanity one episode at a time. Thank you again for being a valued listener.